You're listening to episode 15 of the Becoming Aligned podcast. Welcome to Becoming Aligned, where we'll step away from the busyness of our days to explore what it looks and feels like to create meaningful lives that align with our personal values. I'm your host, Maureen Ryan, the founder of Ryan Wellness. I hope these conversations will serve as inspiration and as a reminder that through the ups and downs, we're all in this together. In this episode, I interview my friend and former teammate, Priscilla Barnes. She is a recently tenured professor at Indiana University with her PhD in public health. She's also actively involved in her community as group fitness instructor at the local YMCA. I had so much fun chatting with her. She is this positive, inspiring, multidimensional person who I am so grateful to know, and I'm really excited to share our conversation with everyone. It really energizes me to know that she is out there doing the work she is doing because it centers around creating connections and forming community. We talk about the roots of these values and explore how they shape her life and her passions right now. We also talk about how she's striving to find balance and how a dear friend of hers is helping her to do so. I love this part of the conversation. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Priscilla. How are you today? I'm fantastic, Mo. How are you doing? Good, good. I'm so happy you took some time to become on the Becoming Aligned podcast. It just makes my day to be able to sit down and have a conversation with you today. I mean, I was honored when you invited me, so I'm I'm so giddy to be here <laughs> with you and looking forward to a conversation of just authentic, just really getting to know one, um, one another again, yeah. reconnecting, so it's going to be a fun out. Oh, thanks, Priscilla. Yay. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, myself and Priscilla, we first met at Indiana University. We were both walk-on athletes for the track and field team there. And I was a distance runner, and Priscilla was a sprinter, at least at the time. I know things have changed a bit since then, um, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But as a, as a fellow walk-on, I just always really noticed, admired, and appreciated your work ethic and your positivity. It just, um, you know, being around those types of people just like lifts you up, you know, and you're, that's really why I invited you to become to come on the Becoming Aligned podcast because I think that's just an energy and like you kind of just vibrate that no matter what you're doing. And I know that work ethic for you also extended into the classroom. You've earned your PhD and you now work as an associate professor also at Indiana University. Um, and fitness is still a major priority in your life. Um, so I would love to explore what motivates you and how you stay persistent and positive even when life becomes challenging because, you know, it does for all of us at some point or other, and and how you seem to bring a sense of fun into everything you do. So I'd love if we can kind of talk about some of those things throughout the next hour. So, yeah. But Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Mo, that's like a four-hour podcast. <laughs> I know. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. All right. But first, can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Because I know I touched on like a few key points, but there's – a lot more to you in a lot more detail. So if you wouldn't mind just telling everyone a little bit about yourself. You know, the hardest question, this is the hardest I question. I know. But um, I wanted, I know, right? I mm. wanted to present this in a, in a maybe a different way from maybe typically what people do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking of some statements. Mm. Um, I would say I'm a daughter, mm. I'm a sister, and an aunt. Mm who seeks and sees opportunity to spend as much time with my family as I can. Nice. I am a, um, you know, 43-year-old, newly tenured professor. Yeah, congrats. <laughs> congrats. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I'm at this space in my life where I'm proactively attempting to seek balance. And we could, we could definitely talk about that, mm-hmm. girl. I'm, I'm not a perfect creature, and I hope you don't have perfect listeners because I'm in <laughs> trouble. But <laughs> yeah, I am also a little bit back about my background as a kid. I'm a military brat. Who are? Mm, all um, right. And I'm in this space of my life where I am for the first time trying to establish roots. Ah. And that's hard for military brats. 
Interesting. Uh, I would say, as you introduced me, I am a person who wants to uh, facilitate opportunities to have fun, and I typically do that um, through fitness mm. um, and encouraging people to move because moving is a blessing. Mm. Uh, I'm also a person that I would say I'm a deacon's kid. Okay. I grew up with, you know, these legalistic perspectives about God okay. and a lot of part of my journey is about just really trying to learn more about having an unconditional love relationship with God. Ooh. As I, you know, yeah, so girl, I got all those onions, so you could pick <laughs> a layer of each onion <laughs> have fun with it, but that's how I would say I describe me through all those different statements. I'm quite a complex individual. Wow. Well, that's what I love. Okay, because I think so many of us are, and we often just get to see you know, certain, you know, perspectives of people. We don't always get to see all the complexity that, and, you know, you said you're an imperfect person. And, you know, that's, I think that's like a beautiful thing when we can kind of be open and vulnerable to, you know, show our imperfections and, and show off all these different aspects of ourselves. Like, so that's, that's a lot of interesting things that I didn't know about you. I don't think I realized you were a military um, you said military brat, I think. So I didn't know. I didn't know that about mm-hmm. yourself. So where did you grow up, Priscilla? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dad, dad was in the army for twenty years. Okay. And I think because Dad was in the army, you might as well put my mother in there too, mm. because it it takes both, um, you know, both mom and dad to create a strong unit for myself and my two younger brothers mm-hmm. um, to give us the type of life they gave. So. I was born in Texas okay. and loaded ever since. I've lived in uh, Mississippi, Virginia, North Carolina. We kept going back and forth between those two states. Okay. Eventually uh, moved to Germany, where I lived for uh, four and a half years. Wow. And the last, I know, right? And the last uh, duty station that my dad was given before retirement was Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay. Which, you know, when people say, well, how did you end up in IU? That's well, what I was going to ask. I've had my last two years in, um, in high school in Indiana, and then I went to Indiana University. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was going to I was going to ask how you ended up in Indiana after being in all those different places. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. So that... And then the thing with the military is, you know, I continued to travel. You know, so even like after spending some time with you and a bunch of other cool people at IU getting my degree and running track, um, all I knew was, hey, you just keep moving. So I have about 10 to 15 years of moving to exciting states that we could talk about later in the podcast. Mm. But yeah, that's how I got my start. Wow. Okay. So I'm just going to touch on this now, but moving and changing, you know, cities and places and schools so often yeah what were the challenges of that and what did you learn about yourself through those experiences okay yeah i'm just gonna dive right in i'm just gonna dive right in yeah i love it i love it um you know i'm gonna focus on i'm gonna answer that question by focusing on why you brought me here today Mm. i did some research on the energy concept (laughs) (laughs) um i would because you know what, Mo, to be honest, I recently got in touch with this word, oh, Priscilla, you're a very energetic person. Mm, okay. Believe it or not, just about three years ago, Okay. when I started teaching group fitness at the YMCA, I taught a particular format called RIP, R-I-P-P-E-D. Mm-hmm. It's basically a cardio um, weight format to a beat for 60 minutes. Yeah. And that particular format requires me to be a... Um, an entertainer and an educator. Yeah. <laughs> at yeah. the same time. And, and so, what you call that? Edutainer? <laughs> <laughs> I like so, it. I like it. I, <laughs> so, I, it would kind of irritate me that the only good thing people can say about me is my energy. It's like, I'm smart, too. Yeah. I've got all these other things about me, right? Yeah. But, you know, for the past year, when I, and I, I know you wanted to know how I dealt with the challenges of moving around. Yeah. For me, I think it started off with being a kid. Um, I noticed that when talking with my mom, because I wanted to know if I was always energetic. Yeah. Surprisingly, she said, yeah. Really? So I was like, oh, this is not a new thing. <laughs> so she said, oh, yeah, but so when you were eight months old, 
your dad would come in the room and he would, the one thing that he enjoyed after a long, hard day of work, he would come in and he would just say hi to me. And then after eight months, I would start saying it back to him in this uh-huh. high-pitched voice, like, hi, hi. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she said I said it with such energy. Uh-huh. And then that energy at five years old translated more into, like, the maybe the play, you mm-hmm. know, where you go to parks and ride bikes with my dad mm-hmm. and, you know, do fun things outside. And yeah. then that evolved into a 12-year-old who got into sports. And then a 20-year-old who ended up in competitive sports at IU. Yeah. So going back to your point about, you know, the challenges of moving, for me, I think it's about balancing the energy that I have is very outward, Mm -hmm. but I'm also a very inward person. Yeah. And that energy exudes itself in a different way. Mm. Um, And so I think the way that I dealt with moving was tapping into the activities that uh, produced outward energy like play and sports, mm. but very much balancing that with inward energy, because I'm a very reflective person, yeah. with journaling ah. and just spending time alone and in prayer. And so I think that's how I dealt with it as a kid, but, you know, it took me like 43 years to figure this out. Aww. But that's why I appreciate your questions, because yeah. I, I've always been energetic, but I've been having fun playing around with at what times I use that energy and what times do those energy give me peace and yeah. times where I need it for um, encouraging others at what mm. times do I need it to have this persistence to stick with the hard times and mm. get through stuff like tenure mm-hmm. or when you're going through transition and you're not around friends and family you have to make new friends and it takes time yeah I really have learned through moving through the military sometimes you all that you got and you really got to take advantage of the energy we all have and we manifest this in different ways. Oh, that's, um, that's good, Priscilla. Okay, girl. I'm going to put it in my best-selling no. book that's going to come out next year. <laughs> no, well, you know, that's, that is really good because I remember when, when we first met, um, you, you did, you yeah. came across as a very focused um, person and – I don't know if I don't think the word introverted. I wouldn't know for sure if that would be right because you were friendly and outgoing, but there was you yeah. you got the sense that there was like a, definitely an inner life or an inner that there was a focus inside of you that that came through. So it is interesting to hear you talk about you know balancing those and figuring out how you need to take care of yourself and and use that energy. Um, and I I guess I wouldn't have thought about that. In terms of, I, I just never thought of it in terms of moving around. So that's that was really interesting for me to kind of try to wrap my mind around because I always just imagine having to switch places and, and meeting new people and connecting mm-hmm. and, and people fitting in. Mm-hmm. And so just how you how you use your energy in terms of how what you determine to focus on. Am I understanding that right? Like, am I focusing on meeting yeah, new friends? Am I focusing on my my own personal goals? Um, and that Absolutely. type of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's all of that. Yeah. Yeah, so you said it beautifully. I think, you know, as a military kid, we're drifters. You know, we come mm. in and out of spaces every year to four years or however long it takes for us to relocate and get a new assignment. And for me, and it's different for every military yeah. kid, uh, I wish I could say I was that popular kid that just instantly connected with people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think initially when I'm around a large group, I'm quite, I come off quite reserved mm-hmm. because I'm very observant. I'm just mm. taking in all the energy that's in the room. Yeah. And, and so I think for some people when they're around me and, you know, you can imagine this as a military kid, if you're a extrovert and you're wanting me to just connect with you instantly, you may wonder, ooh, she kind of comes off aloof, yeah. right? Put me in a situation where it's just like you and me or maybe another person, a group of three. Oh, my gosh, I'm yeah. probably the most extroverted person <laughs> in the room. Or the appearance of that yeah. I'm able to distribute my energy differently. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think for me, as a military kid, learning to adapt to new situations, um, you know, it's important to me to observe and notice who's in the room and be attentive to what they're saying and, even being careful, because I don't want to give my energy to uh, negative spaces. Yes, either. yes. Um, yeah. And then there's times where, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I didn't 
I want to be authentic on this podcast. There have been times where it was hard making friends. Yeah. Like, you know, especially the older you get. And so in middle school and high school, I struggled with this the most. Yeah. Where maybe I wasn't, my personality wasn't connecting with someone else. And that's mm-hmm. normal in life. You mm-hmm. can't always instantly connect with someone. So I think that goes back to that inward energy that I was telling you about. Yeah. What did you do in the meantime? Yeah. But sometimes patients, you got to wait for the friend or the teacher or, you know, the the mentor to come into your life so that way you can benefit from their positive energy just like they can benefit from yours. Yeah. So there have been moments where, you know, that reflection and the patience and the time alone, that's mm. why I'm not afraid of being alone. Yeah. Even like when I'm traveling, sometimes you just have to be used to being content with self. And that's where I draw into that inward energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and really in deep appreciation with what I have and even in the midst of the things that I'm not able to have or get what I want in that moment. Mm. I hope this is all making sense. No, it totally, no, it totally makes sense to me. Yeah, because it's funny. I would you strike me as someone who feels very comfortable on on their own, and like actually, I feel really comfortable just being by myself as well. And um, I, th- I think that's a good thing, you know, because yeah, because you're not always going to be in situations or places where you're going to be able to be around people. And I think there's healthy. It's healthy to have a good balance, but. Having that comfort yeah. around yourself, I think, when you're with yourself. And that I love how you talk about the patience. Just, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that patience that something, a mentor or a guide or someone's going to come into your life. or Yeah, that's really interesting. So is, is what gives you the hope that that's going to happen? Have there been times where you're like, I just don't know if anything's going to change here. I need to make a change. Or do you just oh, have a patience that things are going to turn yeah. around? Yeah. I mean, for, I'm a busy example of track, you know, mm-hmm. um, that was scary walking off. <laughs> oh, yeah. All I knew, yeah, was I love running. Mm-hmm. I love just the opportunity to continue a passion of where I can print my little feet out mm-hmm. and do what I love yeah. while at the same time getting an education. And you don't even have to pay me for it. Yeah. I just do it because I love it. I know, right. Um, but then that's. So yeah, that's scary though, right? Because yeah. we were in the midst of people that were getting, you know, some type of compensation or scholarship mm-hmm. to be there. Yep. And so I, I think on the track team, it was, it was at first hard because mm-hmm. I didn't instantly connect with people. Um, you know, it took some time to figure out who each and each and every one of us were, yeah. what brought us there. Yeah. Um, I think the practices helped, but we all had different schedules. You know how they divided us, you know, because we had different workouts that mm-hmm. we needed. So the distance people were on one side, the sprinters were on the other side, the jumpers, the yeah. shot put, the discus. So I think it took me a while just to figure out who people were just outside of the sport. Yeah. You know, I think the sport brought us together, but you really want to get to know as much as you can about the authentic people that mm-hmm. you're on a team with. Mm-hmm. I would say it probably took me a good two years. I think sophomore year when I – you had a chance to interact with you more and Stephanie yeah. and um, Krista. Now we're starting to go across what they call party lines. Yeah, um, <laughs> to so the distance like, runners, yeah, yes. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I started hanging out with Allison. Um, yeah. With Allison. Yeah. We had a room together. So, I didn't know that. To be honest, that whole process took a couple years. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, you know, it was just the, the, just the observation of who was on the team and understanding what brought people there and even appreciating the type of energy they brought to the team. Yeah. Um, so that's where that patience was really important to me. It, it's very important to me that I don't really brush into, um, you know, relationship with people without being aware of the spaces I occupy and mm. the spaces they occupy. Mm-hmm. And I learned that from being a military kid. Yeah. One thing that I think I'm becoming more conscious of as I get older I think maybe I'm that type of person that probably puts up with a little bit too much Mm. (laughs) because maybe it's because I want to fix things, maybe because Mm. I don't like conflict and I want people to be happy. Yeah. But I think as I get older, I'm very aware of if people are in the space where their energy is not of light, Mm. girl, I run. Um, because I, I want to be in spaces where I connect with people. Connection is very important to yeah. me because it forms all kinds of forms of community <sighs> that 
allows people to use their gifts, talents, and abilities in ways that make us better um, people, um, better professionals, mm-hmm. um, even a better world. Yes, so, yes, yes, um, yes. Who's that practice? It started there. I had to be very patient in getting to know you all. It didn't happen instantly. No. And I totally relate to that because I'm, I'm a few years older, but it, it took me a good two years as well um, to kind of start to connect to the girls I ended up being roommates with. I didn't even know them until we actually became roommates our junior year. So, And I so related to what you were saying because I was always one of those people who kind of watched and listened and, you know, tried to figure things out and see what was going on around me before I would dive in. So it's really I, – I feel very um, connected to you even hearing you describe that because I totally relate, totally relate to that. Interesting. I love it. You said something about community, and I do want to come back to that. But there's a part of me that's kind of interested in Priscilla as like a young person. So you're 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 traveling around. You're a military brat. Mm -hmm. How are you? How are you spending your time? Like, what what were the things that you would get lost and absorbed in? Was it always like fitness and that type of thing, or what were things that you would lose track of time while doing? That's a good question. Mm. You know, I think, I don't know if it was one thing, because I think when I initially hear you say that question, yeah, um, I'm thinking of from like 5 to 18, you know, maybe a long period of time where I got lost in the something. Yeah. I think I remember more as maybe little pieces of time. Mm. So for an example, um, I would say maybe from 5 to about 8 or 9 years old, I was really big on interacting or using my stuffed animals as an audience. Oh, oh I love <laughs> uh, this. Now, I know, right? Girl, I still have these stuffed animals <laughs> as, you know, in my house. Aww. Because they were such a part of my childhood. And I'm just, I remember getting lost in whether it was, um, I don't know if they were like an audience of angels because I remember praying. Mm. Or just maybe it was a way to, because I was maybe, I was shy. Because, you know, when I'm around a lot of people as a kid, I was really, yeah. I would say I was shy. Yeah. I was nervous. I didn't want to mess up. I yep. didn't know what to say. Mm. And so I remember using the stuffed animals to practice speeches oh. and interactions with people. I love this. <laughs> uh, maybe, I, maybe I was getting ready to be a teacher and didn't know. Yeah, so, that's what I was thinking was, too. Oh. <laughs> But there was um, protection in that. Um, I I got some help from my parents. They said I also played a lot with, like, Barbie dolls and got lost in that. My dad went to um, a store. He and I built my dollhouse, and I got lost in that. And I think there's just maybe that's where the seeds of teaching, the seeds of community was cropped in my, my room of stuffed animals and dolls. You know, oh. but I think that's where the inward energy started, right? Yeah. It was just me. Yeah. Um, creating my own audience in a space that was safe for me so I could probably get to know myself and mm. get to be comfortable with um, talking out loud and interacting and um, starting there first before going out to, into the world and, you know, teaching and performing in front of people. So I remember getting lost in that. Yeah. I, I would say around the age of 14 to about maybe 17, 18, I did a lot of journals. Oh, okay. Now, here's where imperfection comes out. Mm-hmm. Girl, I was moody as a teen. <laughs> there was something going on. <laughs> Do you still have these journals? Do you still have these journals, Priscilla? Well, yes. Yes, I do. I still have them. They're kind of depressing, though. But I, I don't want to get rid of them because it's an important part of my the story of my life. Yeah, right? I yeah. think one day I'll be able to go back and look at them with a different eye, but not just not just yet. Yeah. I need to start chronicling what's going on with me now, and it'd be nice to balance the fourteen-year-old Priscilla oh. to the you know maybe forty-five-year-old Priscilla, yes. and maybe the forty-five-year-old Priscilla can speak words of encouragement and affirmation mm. back to that fourteen-year-old yes. for healing. Because that was a, for the journaling to come up, I remember that came from a colleague that was on the track team in high school. Hmm. She noticed that there was something going on with me. And I don't know if it was, you know, the moving, the connecting with people was tough. Yeah. But she noticed my energy was up. And hmm. she said, you know what? One thing that could help you, this journal. 
just get a notebook and just start writing your thoughts out. Oh. Well, it's the best form of catharsis you can find. And I did. And it really did help. Um, so I remember getting lost in journaling. And that led to me writing some poetry. Oh. I was able to write. I know, right? Huh. I wrote a poem. I think I was 15. I remember my sophomore or my, um, yeah, my second year of high school, my English teacher, she talked to us about this competition. Um, and she said, everybody, I want you to write a poem. Hmm. Well, I was already writing it. Oh. Um, the one poem that I wrote, it only took me uh, 10 minutes to write. And I, it, it was a poem that was about really upliftment of self and not to be so hard on self. And yeah. I submitted it because I figured a lot of teens struggle with that. Yeah. And girl, it got published. Oh, did it really? <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. So that inward energy, those are the two activities, but it was complemented with outward energy. Mm. And I would say as a kid, I would get lost in riding um, the bike with my dad. Like he had this, it probably was a 1970-year-made bike. It had this old seat in the back where he could put a kid on it and he's pedaling and we're just screaming and air going in the Aww. wind and we're having a I also remember my parents bought a swing set for us that was placed in the backyard. I would get lost on just swinging. You Aww. know, I, there was just something about going back and forth. Yes, and relaxing. Looking up to the sky. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. just relaxing. And then that connection because of military, you know, you really do understand the concept of community, especially when you go to foreign lands where you don't know anyone. You're the only community you have. Mm. So I remember getting lost in um, connecting with our neighbors. Our neighbors knew our name. Yeah. Our neighbors were able to discipline us as needed. Yeah. And so the energy of play with spending time with mom and dad doing various activities outside, and then the neighbors really contributed to maybe those things I got lost in as a kid. Yeah, that's so okay. So I can totally see how, like that, especially your your audience practicing with to your stuffed animals, how that could possibly lead. And I think you mentioned this, like maybe teaching or being in front of people, especially when you it didn't come super naturally when you were younger. I and then yeah, like and it's interesting because I keep hearing you talking about community, and it's funny because one of the things I actually wanted to ask you was how you create, and I'll yeah. save it for later, but how you created a sense of community in Bloomington, but. I, like how like so community is obviously very important to you like that sense of community and does does that like you mentioned that as terms of play and, and creating these connections with your neighbors and your family do you think that influenced um your career path or your journey with that because community is a big part of what you do right now as a professor correct or associate professor if i'm saying that right oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it goes back to my parents. Like, I think the community was formed. My mom has um, 12 brothers and sisters. Wow. So, um, 12. You know, so, and then I have a whole bunch of cousins. So, community for me started probably with my mom and my dad every summer and maybe holidays. We were with their family, and you just saw community expressed through extended family. I, I think another form of community was, as I mentioned before, military. Yeah. You know, there's at least the military I remember. Um, and I'm sure everyone has their own, um, you know, journey and experience with military. But for me, being around people that you could just go next door and they don't see um, gender, age, race, ethnicity. They yeah. just see a human being. Yeah. And I think the color they see is green because that's, you know, army green. Yeah. Green. Ah, I mean, got it. So I, you know, I think I got it from there. And then my parents, you know, me being a deacon's kid, they were very involved in church. Yeah. And so I saw community there expressed through people from, you know, whether it's the same denomination or different denominations and their denominations coming together. Mm-hmm. We really saw this in Germany because, we, there wasn't enough churches that you could place in Germany. <laughs> it was basically Baptist and Episcopalian and Methodist. And yeah. Everybody in the same room worshiping. So, again, I saw community expressed through spirituality. Yeah. So I think it's all these different spaces that I've occupied, um, courtesy of it being introduced to, through my parents, um, watching my brothers connect with their friends through the military, 
um, church. I think that's maybe why I'm on the path I am in public health, because public health is all about community yeah. and trying to figure out how all of us, all of us being moms and dads and people working in organizations and politicians coming together to figure out how we could all live at the highest quality of life as possible, mm. how we could be the best person we can be, mind, body, and spirit. Yes. I mean, that's, I guess that's my vision that um, I know we're in an interesting time right now um, as a country, but I do believe in the vision of all of us being connected and working towards quality of life for all, whether that's quality education, um, economics, and expressed that help all people in mm-hmm. for my field health, making sure that you don't have to worry about if you have clean drinking water yep. and making sure that you have an opportunity to play without it being a barrier. Yeah. Making sure you can eat fruits and vegetables without it, you know, you eating too much processed food and getting diabetes. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay. So, I love that. Okay. So this is what you, this is what you're teaching on. Like, are you doing research right now or... Um, are you working in the classroom? I am. Like, okay. What are you doing research on at the moment? What, can you share? Absolutely. So going off of the concept of community, I love studying ways organizations, because we have enough people studying behavior and blaming people for why we don't eat enough vegetables. <laughs> yes, right? we so do. We do. I, <laughs> right? I look at it from the organizations that occupy the space in community. So when you think of, universities and hospitals and community health centers and police departments and fire departments, all of them care about health, maybe Mm -hmm. in different ways. So I look at the connections or lack thereof in what I call public health systems or community systems and study in which ways we can remove barriers Mm. and elevate assets so we can connect and people can get access to healthcare and access to resources so they can live the highest quality of life as possible. So I study connections. I study how organizations connect with one another. Oh, I love this, Priscilla. Oh, like it gets me excited yeah. that we have hope, <laughs> you know, that you're out there. You are, <laughs> you are out there doing that because that just, you're like talking my language with all of this and, you know, because how do we create change and it's, yeah, and that's what you're essentially working on is how to create change and make things accessible to people so that they can make healthy choices. And, you know, oh, that's so good. Okay. And and you're teaching as well. So, do you, correct? Are you you're not, yeah. not just doing research? You're, you, how, how many classes will you be teaching this coming year? Well, the good news um, <laughs> is that I get a little break because – I was able to get some money to do a little bit more research this fall. Wonderful. Typically, I teach two classes in the fall, two classes in the spring. But this fall, I'm going to spend some time studying these connections that I'm telling you about out in rural settings because, you know, rural settings have different access to resources in urban settings. Yep. So it'll be nice to see how I can collect stories and also collect data on how people are making these connections happen related to physical activity, nutrition, mental health. So I'll be doing that instead of teaching. But in the spring, I'll teach two classes. I typically teach, I call them the analytic classes. So things that students, when they practice public health, when they go out in the field, these will be their tools they use to see if things are working. Okay. Um, so I teach public health assessment. So I teach them how do you go out in community and collect data okay. and use those data to create um, programs that community could really stand behind. Mm. And then I also teach them, well, okay, when you got the program, how do you know it's working? So I teach uh, program evaluation. So those are my main um, courses I teach to undergrads and graduate students. That's fantastic. I, yeah, I love that so yeah. much because I can't wait to see what like comes from your, from your research and from the students that you're working with and what they can go out there and do. So it just, it, yeah, it seriously does give me hope that um, we're working on this, you know, that's great. Uh, so I wanted to ask you too, because you have, you're not just like talking about health and fitness and wellness, you're like living it. It's a major part of your life um, in today's world, right? Like you're, and I mentioned earlier that you were a sprinter in college, but now you seem to be <laughs> yeah. doing, like, I know you've run a half marathon. You've run a marathon even, haven't you? 
Okay, so I have to ask, how, yeah. how did you transition from someone who is more like a oh sprinter focus? Like, were you just like, you know what, I want to I want to go out and do road races or, you know, how did that come to be? Heck no. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happened, though. Okay. So, you know, and I, I don't know if you went through this transition. I felt like with when we were coming up um, at IU, it was all about performance. Mm-hmm. Like, I really don't recall, and I'm not blaming, you know, uh, the coaches or anything. I think it's just where we were at our in our thinking related to health and wellness. Mm. I, I don't remember what it meant to be healthy while I was a college student here. Yeah. Like, I was just eating whatever, yeah, hoping here. I would burn it off yeah. to practice. Yes, right? totally. Um, I, and I remember there were a couple times where I guess I came in there looking a little bit, what we would say in the South, healthy. <laughs> where I had a couple of athletes say, girl, you need to stop eating whatever you're eating. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't know what it meant to um, balance. I was just eating because, to me, food was nourishment. I didn't care what went in my mouth. Yeah. I would eat. Yeah. Well, what, there's this weird thing that happens after you finish college called work. Um, <laughs> and what had happened was, dear Mo, is that I um, gained quite a bit of weight. And I was forced, even though when I think of health, I think of mind, body, spirit. Yep. So even though my spirit was happy and my mind was doing quite well, <laughs> my body was just hurting. Oh. Right? And I think that's the first time where I had to leave the performance lane and play around with fitness in a different way. Because all I knew was running as fast as I could around a track one time. And that was my workout. Yeah. But as as far as, okay, what happens to get you ready for your workout? What's the pregame fuel? And yeah. then you can do all these amazing things in your workout, maybe running a little bit longer, maybe running at different speeds. You don't have to go full speed. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what t- helped me transition from being a sprinter to first the 10Ks. Uh, my wow. first road race was the Peachtree Road Race in really? Atlanta, Georgia. Wow. Yeah. And while I was in Atlanta, I was part of a fellowship program at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and met more young professionals that were really into running half marathons. Mm. Um, It took me a while to do that because it just looked painful. (laughs) So when I, um, this is a part of my life now where notice I'm talking about Atlanta, Georgia, and I left Indiana. Yep. So I have. Yep. So I've lived in Atlanta, Georgia. I lived in Louisiana, Michigan, wow. uh, D.C., Alaska, and Indiana. Wow. After, you know, I left IU, right? Whew. So it was around the time that it took me probably about three years, maybe four, after leaving Louisiana to get into longer distance running, and I loved it. I just loved that you could bring more movement into the activity. Yeah. There were all kinds of um, marathons that allowed me to travel. Yeah. I love to travel, and that goes with the spirit of a military kid. And so I probably did half marathons and full marathons for a good eight years or so. Wow. Traveling to different locations and meeting people and seeing amazing scenery and just oh. enjoying embracing health and wellness in a different way. That's so cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's how I got are you yeah. still doing? Are you still doing those type, like half marathons or anything like that? Or, well, I did recently walk run one with a friend up in Niagara Falls oh, uh, in oh Canada gosh. this past June. Okay, June. it was amazing. It was an all women's half, but I did it for her uh, because technically I'm retired. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think right now I'm in the space of because I think. It's, I'm, a, I'm more aware of how long I want to move, mm-hmm. and I think just the, you have to make space to train. Yeah. And given my job at IU, I'm just very aware that my body can't take the pounding if I'm not going to do the training. Yeah, so absolutely. So I'm more focused on 5Ks now. I'm sorry, you're more focused on what? 5Ks. 5Ks. Okay, got the it. Five- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good. I, I love 5Ks. 
are a great distance. I feel like 5Ks are a great distance. They get underrated, I think. (laughs) I think so, too. I think they're great because one of the things I'm practicing, you could really, like, run a 5K fast. Yes. So now I'm really trying to embrace bringing back the 20-year-old Priscilla in a different way. Not the same 20-year-old. But it's pretty fun that you could do all these different types of runs to improve endurance, strength, and speed. Um, yeah. So I've really enjoyed that. Um, but that's the space I'm currently in, along with trying to, you know, be a part of people's fitness journeys yeah. in group fitness. I yeah. really enjoy group fitness a lot. So, yeah. No, and I was thinking about that. That's like an extension of you creating, from a distance anyway, like, you know, I'll follow you on Facebook and I see just – this community that you seem to be a part of with your with the fitness and the YMCA and and I, when you were doing ripped and you're still doing are you still doing ripped are you still one of the instructors for that I am I've been a ripped instructor since uh 2012 okay and th- th- there's a funny story with this now with ripped if anyone's interested um amazing uh, program that's in gyms probably in the neighborhood near you um, so it's, um, there's a lot of uh, information on ripplanet.com, but it's the 60-minute workout where you go, it's like a form of high-intensity interval training, but it's okay. intermixed with weight um, just to really help with metabolic um, burn and also the strength training as well as cardiorespiratory fitness. And I think I like the mixture yeah. because it keeps me from getting bored. Yeah. And I can have a lot of fun with that as I'm teaching it and keeping people very attentive to what their body mm. is doing in the process yeah. as we're all in there embracing community. So mm. I've been teaching that since 2012 and then I loved it so much. I, I'm like, well, you know what? This mm. master trainer thing actually seems doable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I can figure it out. So I was a master trainer for RIP for um, a couple years from, um, maybe almost close to three years um, from 2015 to just recently um, I, I stepped down as master trainer but I did that until November of um, 2017 wow and all that gave me an opportunity was to go out and teach this format to people in Michigan and Indiana okay. so that they could bring opportunities for fitness through RIP in their facility so it was a lot of fun yeah it seemed like it was just like a real positive community too just like people just having a good time, enjoying moving, and just, yeah, it seemed like every time you had photos, it was like, oh, they're just having a blast, like, with good music, and, yeah, just just enjoying themselves while moving, which is really great to see, because it's like trying to help people find joy in moving. I feel like that's, like, that's always been something I've tried to do, too, and in, in teaching PE, and, yeah. and it's, yeah, because sometimes we think of it as punishment or, you know, Mm-hmm. something for you know having to run laps because you messed up or push-ups because you made a mistake and then we start to associate it as punishment and something we need to like do so we can eat food or whatnot it's like no it's supposed to be like joyful and fun and make us feel good so yeah I love I always love seeing your photos of, of those classes because it just looked like everyone was having a good time and getting a great workout in which is really cool to see oh one of the things I gave a lot of thought of in prepare in preparation for today you asked me, how do I incorporate a sense of play into my life? Mm. <laughs> um, and this is one of them. So when it comes to fitness, I look for opportunities to incorporate games that create energy that kind of heighten these senses we have about things that we probably don't like, but yeah. kind of flip it and make it a positive. Yeah. So in the sense of fitness, the reason why I love rips, in basically any type of format I teach, I'm able to bring my crazy sense of humor <laughs> into the space, and I use my sense of humor to try to give people a sense of accomplishment. So, for an example, yes. nobody likes to do a burpee. They hate burpees. Mm-hmm. And if they don't know what a burpee is, when they find out what it is, they hate it. <laughs> so the, 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 my whole job is I want to be part of your journey, and I want to bring this sense of fun and play yeah. Why don't we break this thing down, and you can have fun laughing at me not liking it. Yeah. Pretty soon, their sense of um, not liking it becomes a form of accomplishment to where they go from doing, say, a squat lunge to maybe a squat and a touchdown lunge. Mm-hmm. And now, oh, my gosh, a squat. And now I can kick 
one foot back at a time. I love oh, it. Oh, crap. The next time I'm there, a squat, and I can kick my feet back into a plank. It's so much fun yeah. to see people just fear into a sense of accomplishment through fitness. Yeah. And so that, and I, my sense of humor in the uh, group fitness room, I, I would hope serves as a catalyst for people to feel that way. That's awesome. Yeah. And I just even the love the progression, way, too. Okay. That, that progression that you just described. Yeah. Like, yeah, so it's accessible and attainable for you, anyone, Absolutely. no matter where they're at. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? I think sometimes in life, challenges, and this is something I'm learning. I'm in no way, what, am I a master at this? Mm-hmm. But at those things that I'm afraid of, or maybe, um, maybe I should try to do, but I'm getting in my own way, mm-hmm. why don't I just break it down? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Break it down into small steps, put one foot in front of the other. I don't have to sprint. Mm-hmm. In fact, the tortoise is the one who won the race. Why yep. don't I break it down? And I've noticed when I do that, it takes the fear out of it to where I'm actually doing it more than one time. Mm. I mean, that's kind of what I did with tenure. It's kind of like what I do with things I'm afraid of in fitness. Yeah. Um, even in connecting with people that seem scary, and I don't know if if we have anything in common, but forming relationships with people that are different from me. Yeah. I mean, I just break down the pieces of it as opposed to trying to tackle it all at one time. Yeah, that's beautiful. Because I was about to ask you if you can give me examples, but you kind of just did, like just going for tenure. The people part, though, I'm I'm kind of curious of what that looks like, how you, how you would break that yeah. down. Yeah. So in fitness, you mentioned Rick in the, in the sense of the community. Uh-huh. One of the things that happened, I would say, while I was a master trainer in trying to promote these opportunities to bring new and exciting things to gyms, I had people in my class. And these people wanted to go out and meet other people. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I think as far as making – what I never thought I could do in a fitness space, can I now take what I do in the fitness space, go to a different space where I'm uncomfortable, and share my love of fitness with someone else? Yeah. So it was nice to take folks that probably hardly move, to now they're moving a lot with me, and now we're challenging one another to go maybe to Indianapolis to introduce movement, mm. whether it's grip or just you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, to a group group of people we don't know. Yeah. And extend the community in a way that creates all this positive energy where mm-hmm. people have this sense of accomplishment. Yes. So from that, I think the pictures you saw ended up being this road crew. Yeah. Of people from my gym that wanted to connect with people from other gyms and share the gift of movement with other folks. Oh, that's so cool. And once again, community is just extending it out. And helping people be healthy. That's really, really cool. Like, I love that. I just love that this is a passion of yours and that you're making this something that you're really, it's happening. You know what I mean? Like, you're actually out there doing it. And it's, it's really cool. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm almost diving into this later than I should have because you talked about being a deacon's kid. And yeah, because part of me and I wonder how you would answer it. So like if you're talking about your motivation or um, your strong work ethic and like what are the roots of that? Like, is it from family? Is it from yourself? Is it is it from your spirituality? What what are the roots of that that motivation, that positivity that seems to be just ingrained in you to a certain extent? Well, I have to give credit to my mom and dad for that one. Yeah, Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. The work that came from them, Um, it all started with mom and dad. I think, and maybe for them, it started off with coming from humble beginnings. Mm. My mom is the daughter of a sharecropper. Mm. My father, um, you know, had a single mom that wanted to do better for her son. Yeah. But she sought opportunities. Um, up in Michigan while my dad was raised in um, Mississippi with his aunt. Okay. And so he had two moms. Yeah. Um, And I think it came from there, just humble beginnings of we don't have much. Mm -hmm. Um, We have to work hard for everything we have. Yeah. Um, There's no need to to feel sorry or pity or bad for what we don't have. Mm -hmm. Um, You work hard, you will be rewarded for that. 
and the space of reward would be education. So my parents instilled education yeah. in myself and my brother because I think they saw that as an opportunity for access for me to travel and to do the things that I'm doing now. But also knowing that there was someone out there picking cotton for me to be in such a space as this to yeah. um, be a, a professor. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was all rooted from my parents, but from their roots, from humble beginnings of um, what their parents didn't have and what they wished for in future um, legacies of mm. uh, folks that were a part of our family. Yeah. That's, yeah. They had to be so proud of you, Priscilla. Well, I'm proud of them. They're yeah. awesome people. Almost near perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's aw. That's really awesome sweet. People. Uh, one thing that I guess as I get older, um, you know, your my appreciation for my parents grows mm-hmm. and grows. Yeah, same. Uh, and I think it's mutual because I think they've been able to see maybe the vision they have for myself and my brothers come to light. Even in ways they never thought. Like, I don't think my parents ever thought I would get a Ph.D. Most yeah. of us didn't even know what that was. Yeah. Um, but because of just me being open to um, just challenges and um, doing new things, I think unfolded these possibilities that they didn't even know were there. Mm, yeah. um, and so I think they had a good time watching myself and my brothers do that. My um, brother John, I call him my um, younger, older brother. Um, he has two master degrees wow. and he's saving the world in D.C., Virginia. He has probably one of the hardest jobs in America. He works with mental health, substance abuse treatment, wow. um, helping people make sure that they get access so they can get the help they need. And then my younger brother, Curtis, he's a social worker. He helps families every day, make sure they have the resources they need. And even if that means um, preparing them for bereavement, he does that mm. as well. Um, and so we come from a line of teachers, from educators, from health and human service professionals, all just trying to see if we can make some contribution in the world to make it a better place than where it was last left. Mm. So I, I credit that to my parents. It all came from my parents. Wow. That's, that's amazing yeah. that all three of you guys are, yeah, you're, you're out there changing the world. That's, yeah, that's amazing. And how did how does spirituality how like your father was a deacon how did that figure into everything well i i the way that it, i think for us it figures in anything we couldn't do any of this on our own strength yeah so i think it's it's, it's about humility it's about understanding um i know some people probably call it a higher power um, we call it god through jesus christ mm. so i think for us that serves as a center and it's also a reminder of where all these virtues and values that they hope that we live out every day, the faith, the patience, um, love, self-control, gentleness, kindness, that all those things will come out not only in how we treat one another as a family, but how we connect with people outside of the family as well. Yeah. And so it's a great center for living out life's purpose and knowing that there are plans for us to prosper and not for us to harm anyone, mm. just like God doesn't want to harm us, and that there's future in that, that there's plans for an amazing future for all of us by just having that center is what that means to us. And mm. I think also my parents wanted us to have vision because without it, we would perish. And part of that vision is having um, a spiritual center in God because on our own, the vision would be blurry, but mm. with him, it would be clear. Not that the path will be without challenges, yeah. but that we wouldn't give up. I think that's where my persistence comes from. Okay. Even on days I doubt it, and I'm like, Lord Jesus, where are you? <laughs> Take the wheel. Um, deep down, I know he is, even yeah. in the times where I'm not patient. And he's the one that gives me the vision and the energy and the purpose to do the things that I do. Mm. But I think that's what my, our parents taught us, and they wanted us to keep that close and dear and hope that we never depart from it. So mm. they played a big role in our spiritual core as well. Yeah. Like I, I'm listening to you, talking, like talking to you and listening to what you're saying here. And I'm just like, I'm so happy to know Priscilla. That's just what keeps coming to mind. <laughs> so happy to know you. Well, I'm so happy to know you. <laughs> I, I'm so thankful that you're doing this podcast. It means so much because 
it's not oftentimes that we create the space where we talk about what it means to be aligned. Yeah. I think folks, you know, a, a part of what I've learned about myself and what it means to be successful, mm. I think it's about creating these spaces just like you have um, to just think about what that means in the intention of purpose. Yeah. And finding space where we can live that out and how we can live life that we are able to give the greatest contribution. And I feel like mm. that's what you do all the time when you talk with people, um, that you're trying to help people, give them tips, um, allow us the space to tell our stories and how we're trying to find these spaces to live out our purpose. So I yeah. thank you. Oh, thanks, um, Priscilla. It's yeah. It's not, yeah, this is great. Yeah, you know, because I, I think that's something, I've, you know, I've been thinking about, you know, people telling their stories. And I just feel like we don't always get to hear everyone's like full story. Like I learned so much about you just in this past hour. And, you know, our days are fast and we have these like interactions with people, but we don't always get the depth and um, right everything to that person. And I think there's so much value that we have to offer each other. And, you know, it, that's that's kind of the idea behind the podcast. It's just talking to people who don't have maybe celebrity behind them, but that are really doing amazing things and we have so much to learn from one another. So I just, I appreciate you just taking time and, and sharing some of your insights and cause it's really, it's, it's inspiring. Like I feel like I need to go out there and do something good for the world right after talking to you. Like, but you are. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> well, thing, right. I just see all of us together with the, each contribution that we do every day. Yeah. And it's not just one big, it's every day. Yeah. Like every day we wake up, there's an opportunity to impact people in a way that we probably never thought was even possible. And you do that every day. Aww. Hopefully I do that. You every do day. that every day too. That, yeah. That yeah. people give our positive energy. We all do that every day and yep. we all connect. Woo. Yeah. We'll be in a, a, nation, a nation um, of people just trying to uplift one another and helping us live the best possible life. I think yeah. that's what it's all about. Yeah. And having fun while we do it. Right, know? right, right. So you you have hope that we're all like slowly but surely just building up these communities and creating these positive connections and breaking down these barriers. Like, is that what keeps you going, like, in terms of community creation? Like, if that it could be like the snowball effect and it's possible for our nation, for the people in a larger scale to come together and have this positivity and be able to make positive changes in their lives. I do. I mean, when I think about my journey and what I would hope all of us would strive to do for one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I mean, I mentioned one of them, this whole sense of accomplishment, like yeah. we all do amazing things and just, creating a space where we celebrate one another, whether it's through fitness, whether it's through maybe something we did on our job, yeah. whether it's maybe something we do as a family, that creating space where we could celebrate our sense of accomplishment. Mm. But then, in, in, but we all achieve amazing things each day too. Yeah. You know, finding the things that we're most proud of and how we excel, whether it's getting a degree or maybe being able to see a child graduate. I mean, that's, that's all a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Um, and then through that, all creating a sense of affirmation so i do think if we all just tap into that energy where we're hoping to affirm one another mm. to celebrate each other's achievements and to just really connect with each other's accomplishments mm. yeah i think things could get better and better for all of us yeah just it'd be uplifting yeah and that positive energy could just continue to build and build yeah i love that Ah, well, Priscilla, what are you continuing to learn and discover right now? Like part of this too is talking to people who are kind of like a growth mindset. I think just people who are always kind of learning and growing in different ways. Like what areas of your life right now are you learning and discovering new things in? Yeah. You know, I want to go back to one of the descriptions I mentioned about me. Yeah. I'm a 43-year-old, newly tenured professor. Yeah. actively attempting to seek balance. Yes. I don't know if um, maybe it was, I almost kind of see my life as this crescendo, a subtle crescendo. 
I'm not a person that typically does well with, oh, that's what that means. Like, mm. it takes me a lot yeah. of experiences before I'm like, oh, crap. That's why I had to bump my head five times before I get it, you know. But I think one of the things, I think I work too hard sometimes. Mm. And I think that's been true in the past five and a half years. And I think that's probably just the space of academia. Yeah. It's really built on you trying to work as hard as you can with people not giving you any measures of if you're really getting closer to uh, being promoted or being closer to feeling that sense of accomplishment. It's probably why I like fitness because there's immediate gratification and watching people be happy about mm -hmm. movement. Yeah. Um, it's been a great for me. So as I think about where I'm in this space now and that I'm hoping to reflect on is creating spaces for myself to work but also to rest more, yeah. to, to know that it's okay to have a to-do list that has 20 items. <laughs> It'll be there the next day. I yeah. don't have to worry about trying to get everything done. And so, I don't know, this time with you has really made me think of continuing to challenge myself to create those spaces where I check in. How did I do with balance today? Mm. I'm grateful to have a that help this is going to sound really crazy though mm -mm. but my friend Billy who so um graciously was one of the key people that was so supportive during my tenure process she saw how hard it was mm -hmm. and as I was waiting for the decision I didn't know what to do with myself I forgot how to be a human being because <laughs> I'm so used to working yeah so, you know we were talking about fun and games, and she knows that I bring that to people. So yeah. she brought it back to me and Aww. made a bingo card of here's, these are all the things that you need to do that are fun. That's Priscilla. awesome. And as you do this card, I will give you a prize. Oh! So I was definitely <sighs> from balance that a game had to bring me back to life. That so is the sweetest now, thing. <laughs> I know, right? Yes. It's amazing how you give to people, it comes full circle, and mm. they remind you of the thing that you give that you forget to do for yourself, that they remind you of that. Yes. And so she got me started on this journey of thinking about what balance will look like for me from mm. today on forth. That, so that's what I'll be working on. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Well, can you tell me one or two things that was on this bingo card that like really kind of sparked? Oh, my God. <laughs> I want to yeah. see this. Yeah. Oh, I have a whole bunch. Um, sleep in. Ah. Uh, take, take a weekday off. Oh, my God, I can't do that. I want to do that so badly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Go to this coffee shop, get lavender chai, and sit down and enjoy it. Ah. Um, she had go to yoga. This is genius. Go to, um, say, a fitness facility with a friend, work out with a friend. Mm-hmm. Because working, because working out, when I'm working out with people as a fitness instructor, yeah. that's technically not my workout. It's different, yeah. But what she was reminding me is that it's okay for you to be just Priscilla yeah. and you take a buddy and you do your own workout. Yes. Oh. So I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, I forgot how to do all those things. <laughs> it's so great. But, and I, I love it, though, because this is something that's come up in different conversations with people is how our friends can kind of, like, be mirrors for us and, like, you know, I don't know, just kind of like when we're not able to like, like we're not able to see that we're not creating time for that play for your own life. Like, here's what you need. Like, I can see this is what you need right now. And to give you the opportunity. I love the card. That is like the bingo card is the cutest idea. That's genius. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm sure I she'll probably come out with a book of bingo cards. And hope <laughs> yes. Remember about <laughs> yeah. No, I actually had this idea once and I was just making like list of things that we could do for play. And I just, I think it's so important, you know, just, and play does not have to be like always active. It could be just reading your book or something that's just that's like right. nourishing to you and, and you can get absorbed into. So that's, yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> well, Priscilla, I have so enjoyed talking to you and you are just, you really are an inspiration. Treat. Yeah, it's it totally has been a treat. And I can't wait for people to hear your podcast and for more people just to learn about you and how awesome and amazing you are. And um, I'm just grateful you're doing the work that you are. And I hope that you also take some time. <laughs> 
<laughs> to rest yes, and restore. We have, we have to do a 30-day check. I don't know. Because <laughs> life is about progressing, right? I, like I said, I'm an imperfect person. Yeah. But I'm, I'm honest about where I am. And I, I think there's, like you said, great beauty in that. Yeah. Um, and just being authentic. Yeah. So I hope that people can connect that I haven't figured this stuff out, but I'm, I'm glad <laughs> that you have created the space for reflection so we can all mm. think about goals and things we aspire to do to be better people. So yeah. I thank you for this time. This Aww. has been amazing. Thanks, Priscilla. And thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Priscilla Barnes. She's pretty incredible, right? I really appreciated the time she took to be so reflective and authentic during our conversation. There were so many things I could talk about that I kind of came away with after after talking to her, but these are just a few of the things, the highlights that stuck out to me. I love learning more about how she was raised in a military family and how that affected her personally. And I absolutely love learning more about the work she's doing at IU because she's looking at things from a big picture perspective in many ways. And I find that so refreshing and truly a way that we can create change. And I love how she said she studies connections. Just how cool is that? And I know personally it's something I've been thinking about is how to create connections and form community. So it was really, it was really cool to hear her talk about it. And it, it was neat to see how it was a thread throughout her life. So tracing that back and seeing how it kind of infiltrated or made its way through different aspects of her life was really kind of fun to see. And then her perspective on fitness and play and movement is, is so in line with mine. We might teach different classes, but I really share those values with her. And so it was just fun to connect with someone who kind of has a similar kind of thought process and energy, especially in terms of movement and health. And I couldn't agree with her more that movement is a blessing. What about you? I would love to hear what you came away with after listening to this episode. Please share in the comment section for this podcast on my website at www.ryanwellness.com. Thanks again for listening. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Becoming Aligned. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Becoming Aligned and rate and review this podcast. I'm Maureen Ryan, and I hope you'll join us next time. Take care.